0: Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. You can visit RachelCarmen.com to join her online community of moms who are taking the dare to be in the word themselves as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. While you're there, be sure to sign up for updates, and you will also receive a free gift from Rachel when you sign up. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen.
1: Hello, everyone. It's time for us to do our March 2022 M M&M, and M, and it's Isaiah 12, which is kind of a strange, perhaps selection, it's certainly. An obscure passage of scripture, but I chose it on purpose, obviously, because I wanted us to look at the pervasive theme of joy throughout the Bible. This whole idea that we can have joy, that we are supposed to be people of joy for a variety of different reasons, is all through scripture. It's not just when we get to the Philippians passages in the New Testament, but it's something we're called to even in the Old Testament, even by the prophets. And so I hope that you have printed out your PDF of the passage. And there's also a study guide that you can look in to dig deeper. I've got lots of notes here. I've got my ESV study Bible, right? I've got another book propped up here that I'll tell you about later because I can't move it because that means everything would fall apart. So, let's just dive right into this passage. This is brought to you by one of the major prophets. If you have done the Bible curriculum, and I hope you have taken advantage of the opportunity of studying the whole of Scripture, the whole Biblical narrative with the Word in Motion Bible curriculum, in that curriculum, I talk to you about the organization of the Old Testament books. And it's important... For us to put this passage in context, remember, it's very dangerous at any time for us to take one scripture, one verse, one phrase, one passage out of context because all of scripture is the continuing story of God's love for his people, for you and for me. And so it's important that we remember that passages of scripture never contradict each other. And we can talk about that more in the future, especially when we get over to the gospels. Many people will tell you that scripture is actually contradicting itself. If it's supposed to be divinely inspired, why don't the gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke line exactly up? And in short, the short, short, short answer right here is because you've got different perspectives on the same experience. And so it's a very simple explanation. It is a reasonable explanation. And what we want to remember again is that scripture never substantively contradicts itself. And even the seeming contradictions I believe have explanations. So we want to make sure that we always keep the passages that we're looking at in context And we haven't taken the time, at least not yet, maybe someday, to study the entire book of Isaiah. That would be quite an undertaking. So I want to make sure that before we delve into chapter 12, we put it in context. Now, I want to show you this great resource. I'm going to break my own rule here that I love. It's called Talk Through the Bible by Ken Boa, and it is an excellent resource in all things biblical and in terms of studying the books. It's a great entry point for studying the themes, the outlines, the basic historicity of every book of the Bible. It is an excellent resource, and I actually pulled it off my shelf today because this is one of the main resources that I use to write the Bible curriculum, So I love this book as a great reference tool and you can pick it up just about anywhere and links will be in the show notes. But I want to make sure you know where this falls. So you can take the book of Isaiah and you can divide it into three different sections. Now, listen, even before I tell you what those are, you can go online and you can find someone who's going to break Isaiah up into 16 sessions or maybe somebody who only breaks it up into two. This is just one Example of how to organize the book. So let's just remember that, right? So he has three sections of focus, according to Ken Boa, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight actual divisions of this book. So the book of Isaiah is 66 chapters long. That's a long book, right? And Isaiah himself is known as one of the major prophets. Remember in the Old Testament, 39 books, we have three major divisions of those 39 books. We have history books, 12, 17 of them, right? We have five books of poetry snuggled in the middle. And then at the end, we have 17 books of prophecy. Those 17 books of prophecy are broken down into two different sets, five major prophets and 12 minor prophets. And the important thing to know about that is the major prophets aren't more important than the minor prophets. That's not the point. It's just because of the length of the book. So the five major prophets tend to be much longer than the minor prophets. Several of the minor prophets only have one or two or three chapters. So the minor prophets are shorter, right? So that's why they're considered minor prophets. But Isaiah is our headline major prophet. So you've got Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel – are the five major prophets, and that's who we've got here. And Isaiah was a major voice to God's people. And in fact, the first two sec the first section of this, that of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight divisions that I told you about. I'm sorry I had to count twice. The first one is Isaiah's prophecy against Judah. You'll remember that after King Saul and King David and then King Solomon we under the United Kingdom in the Old Testament. Then God's kingdom divided into the northern and the southern kingdom, into Israel and Judah. And so what was the issue? God's people had wandered away primarily through idolatry, bowing down to other gods, serving other gods. And the prophets came and said two things primarily. Thus says the Lord. Over and over and over, as you study the prophets, that's their word. Thus says the Lord. And most all of them follow that up really quickly by a message of repentance, which is really powerful. The prophets were called to call God's people to repentance. Called by God to call God's people to repentance. And most all of them, but not all of them, a few exceptions to this rule, most all of them come in after... After they talk about how you need to repent, and if you don't, this is what's going to happen, and it's going to happen because of God's righteous judgment against your sin, most all of the prophets come in right after that with a message of hope. It's remarkable. It is a pattern throughout the books of prophecy in the Old Testament, and Isaiah is no different. And in fact, chapter 12 that I've chosen for our study today is the capstone of that first division of eight in this entire book where he has prophesied against the people of Judah. But in chapter 12, in chapter 12, he gives a message of hope of Messiah and what it's going to look like when Messiah comes. So let's take some time right now just to read the chapter. It's only six verses. It's very brief. So let's look at this really quick. And it says, This is, it's titled in the ESV, Thanksgiving Expressed. Chapter 12, then you will say on that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for although you were angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Behold, my God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation, therefore, I will joyously draw water from the springs of salvation. And in that day, you will say, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the people, make them remember that his name is exalted. Praise the Lord in song for he has done excellent things. Let this be known throughout the earth. Cry aloud and shout for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great is your midst in the Holy One of Israel. Do you hear the enthusiasm here? Do you hear the hope here? Do you hear the confident expectation? That's what Isaiah is proclaiming in chapter 12. And that's what I want to make sure that you hear and you latch on to. With a firm grip because right here we have, even in the words of the prophet, words of hope. Words of hope. See, we get into Nehemiah. He is one of the last books of the historical narrative in the Old Testament. And in Nehemiah, if you remember, Nehemiah leads one of the waves of the exiles returning back to Jerusalem. And he leads them back. And they, they get back and they're weary and they're overwhelmed and they're criticized from without, right? And they just definitely want to just give up. And I'm wondering if today that's you. Because boy, I'll tell you honestly, that's been me even very recently. It's easy for us to become overwhelmed with the things of the world. It's easy for us to be overwhelmed with the laundry and meal planning and then get broadsided by the things of life by someone's foolish or reckless decisions, right? By someone's sin that infects and affects us, right? Because sin never happens in a vacuum. Sin is always infectious. And then there's our own failures, right? It can be very overwhelming when we find ourselves in a place where life is just coming at us fast. And that's the place that Nehemiah and these exiles that return to to Jerusalem get to. And Nehemiah says this in Nehemiah 8.10, The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Look, when you and I feel weak, when we feel downtrodden, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel overcome, when we feel undone, all of those things, when we feel like we can't do anything else, Nehemiah's words echo across the generations. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Here in Isaiah, he says, Therefore, you will joyously draw water. This theme of water is throughout scripture. Study it. The provision for God, by God, for his people in the wilderness was water from a rock, from an impossible source. He's satisfied their thirst because that's what he does and then you remember in the new testament in john 4 jesus has to go to samaria right to meet a woman where at a well who's what really really thirsty and you may find yourself today really thirsty you know she came with an empty jar but she left with a full heart she left changed she left joyful Right, renewed. Jesus proclaims himself the living water to in this conversation with this woman at the well. God knows our thirst, right? And he satisfies. In Psalm one, continuing this theme, blessed is the man whose tree is planted by streams of living water, right? That's right. Those, the people who get their sustenance, and their nutrients from the living water that is whose source is God they they will flourish they will flourish and they will be strengthened and that is the word right here you will joyously draw water from springs of salvation that water is a spring of salvation right and remember Jesus said i have come to give you life and life abundant as the living water source, to satisfy every need that you have. That is his promise.
0: That is his promise. Rachel Carmen has spoken across the country and around the world to moms about their struggles, successes, fears, and faith. They consistently share three things that zap joy and threaten the hope of moms today. They are overwhelmed, exhausted, and lonely. They want support and practical tools they want to feel connected what we have done is put together a community of like-minded moms to accomplish just that rachel a homeschooling mom of seven knows what the pit of despair is she relates to the feeling of being overwhelmed lacking in time in the word and today she wants to meet you right where you are the truth is you were not meant to do this alone in the community real refreshment she will help you learn how to get done what needs to get done. How to study God's word during your season of motherhood. How to make the most of the time given. And how to do it in fellowship with other moms just like you. Moms, we need each other now more than ever. Visit rachelcarman.com and join the community today.
1: So I want you to look as you're reading through this passage. There's several things here that just jump off the page. Isaiah writes, God is my salvation, he is my strength, and he is my song. Three different things. What, mom, do those things mean? What does it mean that God is your salvation? What does it mean that God is your strength? What does it mean that God is your song? Those are powerful statements by the prophet. God is our salvation, meaning we've got a heavenly home. We've got a confident expectation, right, of our heavenly home this world is not our home. This mess that we're in, this chaos, this swirl, this confusion, all of this dishonesty, this isn't our home. He is our salvation. He is our salvation. Secondly, he's our strength. And our weakness and our failures and our missteps and our fall, all of that, yeah, me too, right? In all of the things that we completely mess up, And when we ourselves are just a hot mess, God is our strength. God's grace is sufficient. He is able. We are not. He is enough. We are not. And that's what Isaiah writes here. God is my strength, not me. I can't depend on myself. I can't do this. God is my strength. For whatever I face, God is my strength. And thirdly, God is my song. Have you ever been in a place where you know you needed to praise Him? Maybe it was on a Sunday morning and the Holy Spirit fell and you were convicted of either a sin or some other issue in your life and you found yourself broken. You had to face something right there in that Holy Spirit moment. Maybe it was during your quiet time or maybe it was, I've had those times even disciplining my own children when I realize I'm disciplining them and yeah, it's, it's coming back on me, right? So those moments, right? When when you know, you know, the best thing for your soul would be to sing to him, and you can't, but you can hum, sweet sister. And I have done that many times with hot tears dripping off my chin. Just sing, hum, his praises. He is our song. There is nothing on the top 10 on the radio, no country music, no pop, no rap, no classical music that can replace the praises of God's people. He is our song. Mom, if there's anything worth singing about, it's the goodness and the glory and the grace of God. Oh, that he would be our song. Get it, our salvation, our strength, and our song. Three things here that the prophet Isaiah says God is. God is. And oh, that he would be those things for you and for me. I'm also struck that here we read about God was angry, but he turned away. He's comforted. He's comforted. Look, it says in Psalm 23 that God is our shepherd. And by his rod and his staff, he comforts us. His rod, he uses to discipline us. He does. And his staff, he uses to guide us. Why? Because he loves us. He loves us. I was recently listening to an old uh, recording of Elizabeth Elliot, and I loved this that she said. She said, as our good shepherd, he will hurt us to heal us, but he will never harm us. That's good. That's good. She made the analogy in that teaching of how a surgeon has to hurt to heal, right? He has to hurt. He has to injure in order to correct, right? But he does no harm. That is the pledge. That is the promise that doctors take, that they will do no harm, right? But sometimes healing requires hurting, right? And our God loves us enough. Our good shepherd guides and disciplines us with his staff and his rod, right? Right? That's what he does. And here he talks about, Isaiah talks about how God was angry with his people, but he's turned his anger away. And now, because of his great loving kindness and compassion, he comforts his people. And actually, if you fast forward into the book of Isaiah, there are whole passages at the end of the book of Isaiah on God comforting his people. Do you need comfort? Perhaps this is the time for you to read the whole of the book of Isaiah, not stop with chapter 12, right? It's a beautiful book of the goodness of God. Yes, the righteous wrath of God toward a people who chose against him, but glory, the hope we have in him and the comfort that he grants is right here. See, as we close up our time today, I'm struck by three things about joy, three things. And again, you'll need to study these further because our time's about to run out. But three things I learned Our joy is grounded. We don't have to guess about whether or not joy is available to us. It's grounded at the foot of the cross of Calvary. Our joy is grounded. It's grounded. Number two, our joy is settled. It's not circumstantial. You don't have to wait for things to work out or to be good or to go awesome in order to have joy because our joy is settled. It's not based on circumstances. How do I know that? because the tomb is empty because of the resurrection our joy is settled he defeated death our joy is settled not circumstantial and number three our joy is chosen it's not cheap it's not cheap over and over you and I are going to be faced with very difficult circumstances We're going to have hard moments. We're going to have losses and woundings. We're going to be betrayed. We're going to be hated. We're going to be criticized, right? And that's on the outside. And by our own hand, we're going to mess up. We're going to betray others. We're going to hurt others. We're going to wound others, right? But we have hope. We have hope. And in all of those circumstances, we can choose joy. We can choose joy and it's not a cheap choice. It's not a cheap choice because it was purchased by the lamb's blood on the crossbar of Calvary. He died. He died so that our joy can be complete as we put our hope totally and completely in him. Read Isaiah 12 meditate, marinate, dare to memorize portions of this passage. Let God's word change you from the inside out. And I'll see you next time.
0: Thank you listeners for joining us. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening. And while you are there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This just helps us to get the message out to other moms that need to be encouraged in their roles as mothers today. If you have a question, we invite you to send it to rachelcarman.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, you can access Rachel's wonderful resources and Real Refreshment, the online community. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged and we need accountability in the word. I hope you will join us and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Real Refreshment podcast.